the Holy Gospel according to the according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell me those who have been invited. Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets, and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. I think for today, we're going to go straight up. We have a child. Children may come forward for the children's sermon. morning. How are you? Good. Good. Well, I did what we said last week. I decorated our paint cans. I didn't have any gray, so this is just red and what you imagine to be gray. Here's some blue and white. Oh, you have gray? Great. Now I know. I couldn't find any gray when I was doing this, so. We have two decorated paint cans. You know, they could be anything, just blue and red or... Penn State, Ohio State, who knows what they are. <laughs> but we have two decorated paint cans. And the reason we're doing this, just like the reason we were saying every week, is because we are glad for the gifts that God has given us. We are glad for the people who walk through this church. We are glad for grace and love and mercy. And all these gifts that we receive from God, we want to share. And sometimes we do that with loving hearts for one another. Sometimes we do that by helping one another, and sometimes we do that by building. Building a restroom where everybody can use it equally, building or re renovating the restrooms we have so people can be safe and secure when they need them, 
and even having some fun when we talk about paint. So for the rest of the month, we're going to see which one of these gets filled more. You know, maybe you like the red one better, and maybe you like the blue one better. <laughs> I'll be putting money in this one. But if you have any money you'd like, or if you know of anybody out in the congregation that might have some money, feel free to bring these jars around, and we'll, we'll fill them. Because God has been good to us, and we share those gifts with others. I see you have something, Clayton. Would you like to put in one of these? Oh, what do you know? It's the blue one. Hmm. Thank you, Clayton. Thank you all. If you have a gift today, great. If not, that's okay too. We give thanks because everything in these comes from all of us and is for all of us. Thanks be to God for good gifts shared graciously. Should we say a prayer? Let's pray. God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for the great abundance of gifts, so, so many gifts that you give us, for love in our hearts, for strength in our muscles and our bones to share all that you give us with one another. As we build a restroom, as we go to school, as we're out in the community, anywhere we are, we ask that we might be good to one another. When folks aren't good to us, God, we ask to give us strength and perseverance to show just what it looks like for Christ to be among us and in us. We ask that we might act more like you each and every day, and that might you, you might change the world through us and through your Son to look more like you too. Thank you for being our God, and thank you for making us your people. In your name we pray. Amen. the name of Jesus. Amen. Who knows what my robe is called? Alb. A-L-B, as in boy. Alb. If you're ever doing a crossword, you're welcome. <laughs> I'll use that quite a bit. Alb. Bonus. Who knows what the rope tied around my waist is called? Cincture. Cincture. Just as easy to say, cincture. An alb and a cincture, and this is called? Stole. stole. Yeah, <laughs> got that one, yeah. A stole. These are liturgical garments that I wear, but also our assisting minister wears, and we all wear from time to time. They're meant to reflect, among many things, this central piece, this alb, is meant to reflect our baptism. How many of you, either through stories or remembering your own baptism, were wearing something white? Either a baptismal gown or a white shirt or anything else? That's meant to reflect, in tradition, the purity, the cleansing that we receive in our baptism, the forgiveness of sins, and the being clothed with Christ. Now, if you're like me, you might not have been dressed in anything white during your baptism. If I remember the pictures correctly, 
my twin brother and I had like really loud polo shirts on. I think like mine was blue and yellow, which is Michigan colors I'm not a fan of, but you know, that's not the important part of baptism either. But whether you're wearing a polo shirt or something white or anything else, you are clothed with Christ in your baptism. And I wear these liturgical garments every week to remind us that I and you, we are all clothed with Christ in our baptisms. And I think that type of clothing is what the parable points us to this week. This week we have a parable that's familiar and at the same time resides in the baptismal font, resides in the promises that were given, just like last week. We have a parable where it starts out with a wedding banquet. A person's holding one, sends his slaves out to get the folks who have been invited to come, and twice they don't do it, and in fact the second time they act very badly towards the slaves. And so the person who's inviting them doesn't take very kindly, instead of just rejecting them, destroys them and their whole city too. And on the second invitation, this time not to the people who were originally invited, but to everyone, the good and the bad, they're invited to come to this free banquet, one that they did not earn or deserve. They're invited to come to this banquet and partake. Now, there's a catch here. There's someone there without a wedding robe. And when I used to read this a while ago, I saw this person without the robe and thought, well, maybe he just didn't know he was going to a wedding today, you know? I mean, if I were invited to a wedding today, I'm not real sure how my suit looks. Like, it might have mud on it from the last funeral that I did or something. Like, I don't know how it looks. I'm not sure I'm going to be dressed correctly. But, as I read scholarship, the wedding robe would have been provided. The wedding robe was a part of what the person throwing the wedding banquet gives to everybody who attends so that the good and the bad. Everyone was equal at this wedding. It didn't matter if you came from great riches. It didn't matter if you came from poverty. Everyone is equal at this wedding. Everyone eats. Everyone is a guest. Everyone is honored at this wedding. And so to get into the wedding banquet without a robe, you would have had to do so intentionally. You didn't want the robe. You wanted to stand out. You didn't want to look like everybody else. You didn't want to be like everyone else. You wanted to get everything that came with the banquet except for the robe, except for to be adorned how the guest wants you to be adorned or the master wants you to be adorned. For us and our Christian lives, we have the free and gracious and wonderful banquet that we partake in time and time and time again. One given to the good and the bad. Not because of anything that we've done, not because of who we are, but because God, being good and gracious, gives good gifts to all. But with the table, with the feast, with the Eucharist, we are clothed with Christ. And that clothing has responsibilities. You're not given this clothing because you are 
able. You are given this clothing and you are made able by the gifts of the Holy Spirit in and among you. Last week, I asked you, what does your world look like? What does the news look like? What does the people around you look like? What have you been experiencing for the past few days, for the past few weeks? And if you could take any part of your world and bring it to the baptismal font, wash it with the love of God, wash it clean from sin, change it and make it anew, what would it be? And just like last week, I'm here to tell you that each one of you are clothed with Christ. Each one of you have this baptismal garment draped around your shoulders, wrapping you in the promises of God. And each one of you are responsible, loved by God and sent for being as Christ in this world. Now, just in case you think that this is something that I'm trying to say is easy, we know what being Christ in the world produces or what it's met with at the very least as the cross. You act like Christ, the world brings you a cross. To act like Christ is to have a self-sacrificial life. To give life to good and bad. To have life in your hands and to share it readily. To bring love, to bring justice, to bring mercy. To fight for the innocent and to hear the cries of those oppressed. The baptismal garment promotes life and life for all. Drenched in the waters of your baptism, still to this day, clothed with the reminders of your baptism. Now, if you don't own an alb, that's okay. In fact, that's normal. If you own an alb too, that doesn't make you weird because I do. But, but clothed with your baptism, who are you being called to be? As you approach the feast, what garment is God giving you? This garment will fit you perfectly. You will be perfectly equipped to do whatever work you are called to. Now that doesn't mean that your heart will think it easy. And that doesn't mean your life will not be affected. In fact, it means quite opposite. Quite the opposite. But what it does mean is that as you engage the world as Christ would engage it, that God is there with you. Bringing those same baptismal waters that call and strengthen you and give life to you into those situations. Bringing those same gifts of the Spirit with you as your hands and feet become the body of Christ in this world. Each one of you, each one of you, bears Christ wherever you go. This world does not need 
more people interested in their own lives. This world needs more people interested in self-sacrificial living, of producing love and promoting life and of bringing justice and mercy. The body of Christ is what changes the world. And you're the ones that have been clothed with this garment. It's a free garment. It's a life-giving garment. And thanks be to God for that. But it's a garment of responsibility and of calling. I pray for the world to change. And I look to the church to change it. Change it. God be with you as you do. Amen.